Hey there, all you serial killer fanatics. I'm Amanda. And I'm Corey. Welcome back to Serial Killer Tuesday. This is part two of our David Berkowitz series. A little fun fact for you. Uh, Many serial killers will keep souvenirs of their crimes. For example, when Ted Bundy was asked why he took Polaroids of his victims, he said, when you work hard to do something, you don't want to forget it. And I mean, I guess that's true. You don't. You, I know. You don't I want to. Well, guys, I'm so sorry about missing last week's episode. My life has been like <laughs> complete and total chaos. It's been everywhere. And I like to take like way too many things on and then I panic when I don't have time to finish them. So, yes, I'm working on that. I'm a work in progress, okay? Um, but I have a I do a pre-prom anti-drinking and driving program, and that's actually coming up this week on Wednesday. Mm. So that's been keeping me busy. Plus, my real job, real estate, is actually picking up. So long story short, I'm so sorry, guys, and I will be better. I just need to get this out of the way, and then it should be smooth sailing. Um, Also, to add to that, I'm super not helpful. I'm the worst co-host, actually. You don't do anything. I don't even have a job, and I still don't do it. So, there's that. And Don't I mean, lie. Honestly, you, wrote, you wrote most of our scripts for <laughs> a long time here. But, I mean, honestly, we've had a handyman here for a whole month. So, an entire an entire month. Um, If you didn't catch that, it was a whole, it's been a whole month. One month. 30 days. Well, the question's catching up soon, right? Uh, one would hope. They just keep let's just take a, more things. Let's just take a <laughs> moment of silence for for my sanity. Uh, <laughs> this is a moment of silence. <laughs> right. Also, You're did right. you do something different with your mic? Because you sound far, far away. No, I didn't. I don't know why huh. I sound far, far away. I'm so uh, sorry. Or you sound like you're inside of a tin can. I'm not inside of a tin can. Now I'm like pressed up against it. Huh. I'm okay. so sorry. Well, let's talk about some murder. Yeah. Which could be the real reason why we're here not to have a chat with you people. Murder. <laughs> Moida. Moida. <laughs> All right. Well, let's recap from last last week. Okay. So we Go were talking about some of David's murders. But, as you know, serial killers aren't necessarily known for stopping at just one. Otherwise, I wouldn't be serial killers. So, Correct. let's continue. So, it had been just a little over a month since the shooting of Carl De Niro and Rosemary Keenan. You'll remember that Carl was shot in the head and Rosemary had superficial wounds from the broken glass. But, miraculously, they both survived. So, November 27th, 1976, just a little after midnight... 16-year-old Donna DeMassey and 18-year-old Joanne Lumino were just doing what kids do. They were hanging out on the porch of Joanne's house in Bella Rose, Queens. As they were just sitting there talking, a man approached them dressed in military fatigues. They said that he began to ask them for directions in a weird high-pitched voice before he took out a revolver and started shooting at them. They both fell, injured, and the gun-wielding man ran away. Fortunately, they both survived. Donna had been shot in the neck, but her wound was not life-threatening. Joanne was hit in the back and was hospitalized in serious condition. She was ultimately rendered a paraplegic. 
The police were able to determine that the bullets were from an unknown 44 caliber gun. They were also able to make composite sketches based on the testimony from the girls and the witnesses in the neighborhood. So then the serial killer took a little holiday break after a shooting in November. And the next time he struck was January 30th, 1977. He waited till after Christmas. When Christine Frund, who was 26, and her fiancé, John Dial, who was just 30, were sitting in John's car in Queens. They were getting ready to head to a dance hall after seeing the new movie, Rocky. Wow. Okay. When three gunshots struck and penetrated the car, a panicked Dial drove away for help. He ended up sustaining minor superficial injuries, but Christine was shot twice and died several hours later at the hospital. Neither victim saw the shooter. After the shooting, police finally publicly connected this case with the previous shootings. They stated that all the shootings involved a 44 caliber weapon and that the shooter seemed to target young women with long, dark hair. However, when they released the composite sketches from the various attacks, NYPD officials noted that they were likely searching for multiple shooters. So then the shooting seemed to take another little break. March 8th, 1977, a Columbia University student named Virginia Voskarichin, so I'm sorry I butchered her last name, was shot walking home after leaving her class. She actually just lived one block away from where the previous victim, Christine Frund, lived. She was shot several times. She even tried to use her books as a shield, but the bullets penetrated through her makeshift shield and struck her in the head, killing her. On March 10th, 1977, NYPD officials and the mayor at the time, Abraham Bream, declared that the same 44 Bulldog revolver had fired the shots that killed Donna Laurie and Virginia. However, <laughs> when the official documents were later revealed, the police had stated that while they strongly believed that the same 44 Bulldog had been used, the evidence was actually inconclusive. They kind of prematurely tied all those together because they really didn't have the evidence back yet. True. So, now it was April 17, 1977. Alexander Isu and Valentina Serini were sitting in a car in the Bronx, several blocks away from the scene of the Valenti Lorius shooting. A resident of a nearby building heard four shots and called the police. Valentina, who was sitting in the driver's seat, was shot once, and Alexander was shot twice, both of them in the head. Valentina died at the scene, and Alexander died in the hospital several hours later, without being able to describe his attackers. The investigators determined that they were killed by the same suspect as the other shootings, with the same 44 caliber weapon. This time, however, police discovered a handwritten letter that was addressed to the captain of the NYPD. In this letter, Berkowitz referred to himself as the son of Sam and expressed his desire to continue the shooting spree. His letter was full of misspellings and read, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest, mostly young, raped and slaughtered, their blood drained, just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. 
I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody else, programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police, shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else. Keep me out of the way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Ugh, me hoot, it hurts, sonny boy, which translates to ugh, my heart, it hurts. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the monster, Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. I love to hunt, prowling the streets, looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life. Blood for Papa. Mr. Boreal, sir, I don't want to kill anymore. No, sir, no more, but I must. Honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to Yahoo's. To the people of Queens, I love you. And I want to wish you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Ugh. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. At the time, police speculated that the letter writer might be familiar with Scottish English. The phrase in the letter, me hoot it hurts, sonny boy, was taken as a Scottish accent version of my heart it hurts, sonny boy. The police also hypothesized that the shooter blamed a dark-haired nurse for his father's death due to the too many heart attacks phrase and the fact that Donna Laurie was a medical technician and Jody Valenti was studying to be a nurse. The killer's unusual attitude towards the police and the media received widespread scrutiny. Psychologists observed that many serial killers gain gratification by eluding pursuers and observers. The feeling of control over media, law enforcement, and even entire populations proves a source of social power for them. After consulting with several psychiatrists, police released a psychological profile of their suspect on May 26, 1977. He was described as neurotic, who probably had paranoid schizophrenia and believed himself to be a victim of demonic possession. Police also tracked down every legal owner of a 44 caliber Bulldog revolver in New York City and questioned them, in addition to forensically testing the guns. They were unable to determine which was the murder weapon. Police also set up traps of undercover police officers posing as couples in parked cars in the hopes that the suspect would reveal himself. Now, if you've been keeping track, we're up to five people that have been killed during these shootings and six wounded. So do you think he wrote the letter because people weren't <laughs> tying his murders together at first? So he felt kind of... Um, like un un unnoticed, really. Yeah, I do think so, actually. I, I 
I think a lot of serial killers do that, like especially um, the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. He's a good one. He wrote a lot of notes because people didn't really tie his killings all together. And I mean, this was the seventies, so it was a little bit harder. Oh yeah, like we've definitely. said before, uh, the sixties and seventies weren't. A su- I mean, was a super good time to kill people because heart you it was harder to tie all that together. And unless you confessed or somebody saw you doing it, it was hard to know. So now on May 30th, 1977, a columnist for the daily news named Jimmy Breslin received a handwritten letter from someone who claimed to be the 44 caliber killer. The letter had been postmarked for the same day from Inglewood, New Jersey, On the back of the envelope, there were four neatly centered handwritten lines reading as follows. Blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity, and 44. The letter that was inside read as follows. Hello from the gutters of New York City, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of New York City which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of New York City, and from the ants that dwell in these cracks, and feed in the dried blood of the dead that has settled in these cracks. JB, I'm just dropping you a line to let you know that I appreciate your interest in these recent and horrendous 44 killings. I also want to tell you that I read your column daily, and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim. What will you have for July 29th? You can forget about me if you like, because I don't care for publicity. However, you must not forget Donna Loria, and you cannot let the people forget her either. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. Mr. Breslin, sir, don't think that because you haven't heard from me in a while, that I went to sleep. No. Rather, I am still here, like a spirit roaming in the night, thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now, the void has been filled. Perhaps we shall meet face to face someday, or perhaps I will be blown away by cops with smoking 38s. Whatever, If I shall be fortunate enough to meet you, I will tell you all about Sam if you like, and I will introduce you to him. His name is Sam the Terrible. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or, should I say, you will see my handiwork at the next job. Remember, Miss Loria, thank you. In their blood, and from the gutter, Sam's creation. 44. Here are some names to help you along. Forward them to the inspector for use by the NCIC. The Duke of Death. The Wicked King Wicker. The 22 Disciples of Hell. John Wheaties, Rapist and Suffocator of Young Girls. P.S. Please inform all the detectives working the slaying to remain. P.S. J.B. Please inform all of the detectives working the case that I wish them all the best of luck. Keep, keep them digging. Drive on. 
think positive, get off your butts, knock on coffins, etc. Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working a new pair of shoes if I can get up the money. Son of Sam. So was he trying to name himself? I think so. Well, that's, you can't do that. I know, but that was a really good letter. That and, was a really good um, letter. If I'm going to pat myself on the back, if I'm going to pat myself on the back, I read it really well. You did. Thank you thank for you. that. It was very like it was very uh, dramatic. Yeah. Thank, thank you. We all. <laughs> I hope it. we leave this in because. <laughs> no, we will. We will. Okay, You're welcome, oh. everybody. <laughs> Not to pat myself on the back, but I'm patting myself on the back, and boy, my arms are getting tired. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry people tangent i just wanted to point out how dramatically i read that underneath the son of sam was either a logo or a sketch that contained several symbols the letter writer's question what will you have for july 29th was considered an ominous threat uh i'm gonna throw in a little side note here i was actually born on that exact day in that exact year so maybe I was the ominous threat. <laughs> I mean, do you have family in Queens? <sighs> no, I wish, but no. Me too. I wish too. I would like to go to New York. Me too. Well, July 29th was also the one year anniversary of the murder of Donna Loria. Breslin contacted the police who thought that the letter was probably from someone with some knowledge of the shootings. The letter that was sent to Breslin was much more sophisticated in its wording and presentation, especially when it was compared to the first letter that was left for the police at the Alexander Valentina shooting. Police suspected that this new letter might have been created in an art studio or a similarly professional location by someone who had some expertise in printing, calligraphy, or graphic design. The very unusual writing caused the police to speculate that the killer was a comic book letterer and they asked the staff at DC Comics if they recognized the lettering. The Wicked King Wicker reference also caused the police to have a private screening of the movie The Wicker Man that came out in 1973. Do you think that it was confusing for people when they're like, hey, uh, the police need to rent out a movie to a movie theater. They need to watch this movie for that came out in 1973 called the wicker man it's a real good movie so they're gonna watch it it references a serial killer so they're gonna see how it, how it works out yeah we're gonna rent it to him it's fine it's fine <laughs> all the police show up <clears throat> right i would like that job <laughs> i can just get a an early access screening the mario brothers movie that'd be great you we guys didn't go see that we did, but we listened to a baby cry through the whole, like, through the first half of it. Yeah. Well, hmm. the Daily News ended up publishing the letter a week later, after making an agreement with the police to withhold portions of the text. Breslin urged the killer to surrender. The dramatic mm -hmm. article made the day's paper the highest-selling edition of the Daily News to date. It sold more than 1.1 million copies. The police also received thousands of tips based on references that were in the publicized portions of the letter. All of those proved to be useless. Since the shooting victims all had long dark hair, 
thousands of women in New York City went and got shorter haircuts and colored their hair bright colors. So much so that beauty supply stores had trouble keeping up with the demand for dyes and wigs. That's so crazy. Can you imagine? No. You're just a regular beauty supply person and you keep like a couple of blonde, a little bit of red. And then all of a sudden everyone's coming in. They're like, we don't want brown. Right? <laughs> no brown, no black. <laughs> We're all going blonde. <laughs> Yay! And just so you know, it is a huge, huge deal to go from brown to blonde. So kudos to all those people who took that on. <laughs> I know. I always do that like... I'll get dark in the winter time, and then I always have to get blonde and blonde again. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Not me. I stay dark, so hopefully I'm not going to be killed by a serial killer. Your hair's short. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Perfect. You are not the son of I Sam's am not. target market. I'm not. I'm not in a target market. And, I mean, I'm not also in New York. I mean, I guess I'm True. in Illinois. We do have a serial killer right now, so. Oh, you do? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Shows how much I pay attention. Yeah. 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 Huh. I'm going to have to. Oh, is it the smiley face killer? No. Is that the one? It is. It's like just a bunch of mysterious. It's a serial killer loose in. there's been the bodies of men in Chicago that have been found on Lake Michigan and the Chicago River. They elaborate on the possibility of these murders being the work of a serial killer. I thought that was the serial killer, the serial killer murder. I don't know. This just happened in February, so I don't know. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's some bunch of drownings. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. that serial, mm-hmm. or the smiley face killer, that one's really interesting. And, I mean, it goes back years and years. And it's, like, yeah. you can, no. in these cases, this one, there's, like, a smiley face found somewhere in the background. Yeah, this one like actually a, just started happening. Interesting. Yeah, well, hopefully you're so, not the target market for that either. It's been men, so no. Oh, yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're yeah. safe. So, it's been, since December, there have been four reported uh, unknown drownings. That they're chalking up to actually a serial killer, not real drownings. Oh, that's so scary. Well, maybe we'll yeah. have to cover that on our Serial Killer yeah. Tuesday sometime. Yeah, nobody's figured it out. Yeah. E. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how, how that works out. You never know. That's true. Yeah. Well, crime fans, this concludes the second episode of The Son of Sam. So make sure that you guys tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for episode three. And we will also be concluding season two of David Berkowitz. So thank you guys all so much for listening to Serial Killer Tuesday. We hope that you have a wonderful day wherever you are. And, you know, just so you know, until next time, podcastians, have the day you deserve. (laughs) 